Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. Every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. From Academy Award-nominated and Emmy-winning filmmaker Matthew Heineman, known for such films as Cartel Land and City of Ghosts, comes an astonishingly intimate portrait of one of the biggest international music stars of our time. The boy from Medellin follows Jay Balvin as he prepares for the most important concert of his career, a sold-out stadium in his hometown of Medellin, Colombia. But as the performance draws even closer, the streets explode with growing political unrest, forcing the Latin Grammy-winning musician to wrestle with his responsibility as an artist to his country and to his legion of fans around the globe. It's a wonderful documentary film, and uh, Jay Balvin, also known as Jose Alvaro Osorio Balvin, the boy from Medellin, gives us unprecedented access to the Prince of Reggaeton and provides an immersive look into one of the most pivotal and emotionally charged moments of his life. We're joined today by the director, producer, cinematographer, and editor of The Boy from Medellin, Matthew Heineman. Matthew, welcome to Film School Radio. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. I want to congratulate you on your ability to find a way into the world, life, and the people who surround Jay Balvin. The uh, access to him and to his family and friends, and also this week in which there was so much at stake for him. Describe the circumstances surrounding this concert, not only from the logistical part of it, the psychological impact of him coming home to do this concert, but also the political ramifications of what he was doing and why and how he navigated all that, and his importance in kind of the strata of public figures in Colombia. As one of the most famous Colombians and, and sort of, the, you know, the face of Colombia in, in, in many ways internationally, you know, many people are looking to him to say something, to stand up. And, and so, you know, he, he didn't, he was struggling with that. He, he felt like he was just an artist and he, his job was to entertain. And why did he have to be, be quote unquote political? And so over the course of this week, it, the tensions over these issues really crescendoed. And, and so that's really what the film be, became. It's, it's, it's a sort of examination of, of his debate and inner struggles with what is his role in society. If for whatever reason, you being there to document this particular week or so in his life, there were a lot of significant events that occurred during the course of, of that time you spent with him. And one of the things that's so impressive about him is he seems to have basically the same approach to the people in his life, whether it be his family, his management, his fan base. He seemed to be very even keeled or very much the same person throughout his encounters with these different people. Is that a fair assessment of him? Yeah, he, he's an extremely humble and down to earth guy. And, and, and I think that's one of the, the most charming things about Jose is that he, you know, whether you're a stranger he meets on the streets or whether you're Jay-Z, you know, he really treats you the same. And, and that is, that wasn't just to put on for the films. And that's not something we sort of manipulated in the edit room. That, that really is who Jose is. And so, you know, that's a, that's a wonderful 
it's a wonderful thing. I think conversely, I think that's also part of what Jose struggles with is this sort of dichotomy between who he is as a person and this public persona of J Balvin, this sort of like international playboy who's, you know, has women and cars and, and jewelry and his, and his videos. And, and so that's often what people think of as a reggaetonero, as, as someone who, who sings, you know, reggaeton. And, and so I think that that sort of dichotomy and not, not just that, but also just the, the idea of uh, this is a guy who, who really doesn't like being in the spotlight per se, but that's obviously what he does for a living. And so I think that's a lot of what causes his, his inner tension. Well, I just for our audience who may or may not be familiar with uh, Jay Balvin or Jose Balvin, um, he is a four-time Grammy, Latin Grammy Award winner who has his songs have been streamed 40 billion times. That's, that's with a B. He holds the record for the most number one songs on the Latin airplay charts. He was the first reggaeton artist to appear on Saturday Night Live. And there are just, he, he's, he's not want for uh, accomplishing so many things in the world in which he has chosen to uh, ply his trade. So he, and I can see where, I mean, we see it all the time. I think it's kind of a, almost an expectation that people who present this very public persona are not the person that you would sit down and have a cup of coffee with, but it has got to be something that is uh, kind of unmooring for people just to to ha- to know that that is something that they have to essentially they're it may be required is too strong of a word, but they are certainly it's part of the it's part of the gig to be something bigger than life. You know, I feel like um, that is that is indeed part of the gig, but you know that is also part of the mythos that he created around himself. I mean, this is a guy who rose from nothing and and struggled for many years to sort of quote unquote, make it. One of his nicknames was El Negocio, you know, the business. Like he, he, he knew, he knew what he needed to do to get to where he needed to get. So, you know, he was a hustler. He, he worked really hard. And I think that that's also part of who he was. And, you know, that's why I love making documentaries is, is that, you know, it's so easy. And I think a lot of docs, unfortunately, you know, paint people with simple brushstrokes. And, and for me, like, I, I really love embracing the complexity of the human condition. And Jose was was definitely no exception to that. Definitely. Well, you travel through what I presume to be all of his circles of associates and friends and family during the course of the time you're with him. And I'm just kind of curious as a filmmaker for you, you establish this a level of comfort with him and he with you. Does he have to sort of clear a path for you in terms of the pe- people, other people in his life, the his family, especially who are pretty honest brokers. I, one of the things that I found in, in watching them uh, and, aso- and also his, is it his girlfriend's father or are they married? I'm not sure, but he particularly seemed like someone who was brutally honest with him. And, and it really comes across in the film. I mean, this was a really strange experience for me, to be honest, because I am used to developing trust over weeks or months. And I'm used to sort of embedding in a situation wherever it is for, you know, a year, two years. This film, I had one week to make. And, and I set out, I really, it was a, sort of an exciting prospect of literally, I'm, here are the goalposts. You have from, from Saturday to Saturday and whatever happens in, the, in that week is your film. And so it just creatively and intellectually and from a producing point of view as well, it just was a fascinating and exciting opportunity. 
to answer your question, I mean, we had to develop trust. What normally happens over over months within you know minutes or hours. Yeah, it was, it was unlike anything I've ever done. And I think obviously Jose's used to having cameras around. I mean, the guy's you know been been filmed and documented and stuff, but he'd never had cameras in the way that we shot with him. He'd never had sort of a you know a verite portrait. You know, obviously he's done tons of music videos and EPKs and all sorts of promotional stuff. Um, and there's you know been docs on him online and stuff, but you know nothing to this extent. And so I think you know, one of the things that I try to do always is, is become sort of a part of the fabric of, of my subjects' lives so, so that they don't really notice that we're there. And so that, again, that happened, had to happen, whether I liked it or not, almost immediately. And fortunately, it did. And so, you know, we just were, were you know, we were there. And we were there basically filming him from when he woke up to when he went to bed every day until the concert. And so, you know, most of his friends and, and, and people that we came across were aware that we were there. You know, he obviously told them, but it wasn't like we'd like roll up to a house, you know, stop shooting and say, hey, are you OK? You know, we we'd yeah. make sure ahead of time that it would be OK that we'd film. And yeah. Um, yeah, it was a pretty organic process. And just for my just for clarification, is that the the gentleman who I was trying to describe, is that his girlfriend's father or is that is he married and that's the, his father-in-law. Do you know who I'm talking about, right? Yes. Uh, it's 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 actually neither. It's um, oh. he, he's uh, uh, with Valentina. They're not married. Um, they're they're in a relationship, and they're actually expecting a child. Um, but the man that you that he sits down with is is sort of a, a very close friend. He calls him like a, his spiritual advisor. That man's daughter was was a was a was a woman that Jose had had an interest in, if you will, okay. years year, years ago but was was sort of yeah that's just a fascinating relationship in the film i just it just you know he really seemed to be able to just very much ground him help uh jose in terms of just sort of where he was and uh, it looked like a very just a a very trusting relationship which which um seemed to be but um I want to let our audience know that uh, a boy from Medellin. You say you say it differently than I have been saying it. So is it Medellin? Is that right, Matthew? That's how you're supposed to say it. Yeah, but okay. Most, most people say it how you say it. Okay, the boy from Medellin or Medellin is uh, already playing on Amazon Prime. So you can check this out right now as you're listening to the sound of our voice. The boy from Medellin. You know, you mentioned this compressed schedule and on the seven days that you had. So on top of all of the things that you just described, oh, and by the way, he's doing the concert of his life at the end of this trail. And you had to be prepared for that. So that had to be. <laughs> Did you get any sleep during that week? I'm, I'm, <laughs> I mean, how, what went into the preparation for you to be able to document what you do in this film of this remarkably important concert for him? Well, so I can't remember the exact timeline, but the the show in in at MSG when I first met him was probably I don't know maybe a month before you know the week that we filmed in in Columbia. Despite that, you know, for sort of financial reasons, we actually didn't know whether the film was going to happen, and the financing didn't come through until basically a week before. So not only did I only shoot for a week, but we only had a week to prep, and I'd never shot a concert before. I'd never shot more than. I don't think two cameras before in my life. And this was a 50,000 person, massive concert, massive stadium show, the biggest of his life in which I was using 12 cameras. And so it was just a crazy, crazy, crazy crash course. And yeah, it was a, a crazy experience. <laughs> I, 
I never got into film school, so I, I think, you know, I spent most of my career, I guess, faking it until I make it. I, I feel like I still am kind of doing that. I don't actually, I still pinch myself often <laughs> at, at, at that I'm, you know, have the privilege to do what I do. But I definitely was pinching myself, you know, walking into that stadium and, and having 12 cameras and being in a trailer, calling the cameras and having a headset on, which was just, again, unlike anything I'd ever done before. Well, it worked out. <laughs> uh, it's a wonderful film and it, it gives you all of the elements you would want if you were going to do a portrait of somebody it gives you uh, their uh, honesty it, it provides you with a context for their, their life and their relationships with other and you see what a powerful performer he is what a charismatic performer Jose Balvin is and so it's, it is all you would want and even if you just have a passing interest in in something like this you should check this out because it's not often you see someone this honest and willing to be wrong about things and willing to to learn and move forward you see all of it in this film and uh my congratulations to you for that we definitely sought out to not just make this a film for his fans you know i really wanted to make this a film for you know people who were just in maybe not even interested in music at all. I mean, I think this is really a human portrait of a guy, you know, trying to find his way in the world. And yeah. I think, especially given the last year of, you know, all of us looking inwards and being sequestered in our own homes with COVID, you know, I think we've all sort of looked at our lives and, and, and our place and our families and, and who we are and who we want to be. And, and these are all the same things that Jose is wrestling with. So I think, of course, he's an extremely famous person with, 50 million Instagram followers, but he's he's a human being. And I really wanted to sort of humanize him um, in a way that I don't think he, he'd been before. Yeah, well, you did a great job. Before I let you go, I just want to once again congratulate you on your filmography, the films that you've worked on in the past. Escape Fire, the fight to rescue American healthcare, still feels relevant to me, to what you put forward in that film. Obviously, Private War, City of Ghosts, and Cartel Land, all are just remarkable and very intimate documentaries as well. And I love Tiger, by the way. You and Matthew, is it Hamachek? You worked on that. Uh, that's That was wonderful. So uh, my congratulations to you on, on not only um, The Boy from Medellin, uh, but also uh, all of the body of your work. Matthew, it's, it's an honor to have you back on the program. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Again, the film is called The Boy from Medellin, and we've been talking with filmmaker Matthew Heinemann. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio.